Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Okay, am I on? Hello? Can we just organize myself here before I start? Because this thing is off now. Um, and it's Philip's gadgets. Yeah. He's the pastor, not me. <laughs> okay, so... Um, my name is Janetta. I'm Philip's wife, if you don't know who I am. Never seen me before. It's probably because I'm always in the morning service. Okay, so this is me. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, uh, Philip said this morning quickly, and I just think I want to use that as an introduction. Should I speak louder if this thing is giving feedback? Is hmm? Okay. Um, so there's this series going on in Pretoria, in Tswane, that they call One Tswane where all the churches throughout this month are preaching the same topics. So the topic that all the churches are preaching on tonight is a heart for God's people. Um, and it's something that I really, that I really, like, it burns my heart. Um, if you don't know more about me, I'll tell quickly. Um, like I say, Philip is the pastor. I'm a counselor. So um, people come to me because they want to talk. <laughs> and now I have to talk to all of you. So it's very, I'm very nervous. Um, but let's see how it goes, okay? <laughs> so before I start, I just want to pray. Father, I, I want to give our time in your presence to you tonight, Lord. I pray that, that you'll guide my words and that your Holy Spirit will be present to touch our hearts so that we will be inspired and just be um, yeah, inspired to, to grow in this place of having a heart for your people. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so for me, when I started sort of playing with this sentence, you know, a heart for God's people, we often talk about a heart for people, which are the people out there or your neighbor people. But we don't often turn it inwards and say, do you have a heart for God's people? You know, the reason why, why I want to come here and I want to save, the, I want to somewhat go in the deep end. <laughs> um, what I've experienced in church is that often we have incredibly high standards on each other because we want, we want to be Jesus for each other. We are aspiring and growing to be like Jesus. But often people fail us and we get hurt. And that's where I'm going to start from. As, um, we, we hear from outside of church people's opinions about church and they will say things like, um, hypocrites because we try to be so perfect but we are not and I want to start there because we get enough from that outside <laughs> we have to learn how to not be that inside with each other and that's sort of where I want to go to with this thing and I'm calling this message um, a grace to fail because I think sometimes in church we, um, we don't have a grace with each other that, that we actually fail um, so as a counselor, I'm going to start here, yo. as a counselor, I've been asked, uh, yeah, lots of people come for a lot of different reasons for counseling, and I've been asked um, if there's one common thing that people struggle with or that people don't, that there's a common thread to all of these counselings, um, and it's a very difficult question because yes and no, people come for a lot of things, addictions, depression, anxiety, life is difficult. <laughs> abuse. There's so many things why people would come for counseling. But the one thing we all have in common, all of us in here and people coming for counseling, 
is that the world gives us all on a regular basis a good snack. Um, in Afrikaans, I, I say we all get clap. <laughs> we get a clap. We get smacked by sin. We get smacked by the world. And um, I want to start here because this is my foundation when I talk to people, is to understand where we are at. You can, I suppose you could call it know the game, know the rules of the game, whatever you can play with it. But this is where we are at. Um, and the, if you've done Bible school and you've heard me speaking in Healing the Brokenhearted, um, you would have heard this one before. I call it the bumper car thing. I'm going to read from Romans 5. Just as sin entered in the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not break a command, as did Adam, and this is the pattern to come. I want to lay this as a foundation because growing up for myself in a religious home, sin was always this word. It's up there, sin, sin. But what does this practically mean? The, my next slide is almost like a little summary that I just want to say. Um, okay, when God created the world, he's a good God. He created a good world. He created something that's full of his love, full of his peace, and that's who he is. And I want to say this, because people coming for counseling who've been clapped, who've been slapped, are often don't know what to do towards God now, because this thing has been confused. And I want to just set the foundation here. God is good. Sin came in because the people chose to do things that is disobedience to God's law of love. And that is the consequence of what we have now, a broken world. Sin is causing a brokenness in us. We are aging, slowly dying, if you want to be very cynical. <laughs> we, we have been affected by things. Um, this is the effect of the world we're living in. Christ is coming back. It's going to change. And he's already with us. So I love the songs you guys were singing about living in victory and, and proclaiming it over yourselves. But the reality is still that we are in a sinful world. We are broken. I am broken, I'm not perfect, I'm not preaching this because I get it right. Um, I'm actually preaching this because I'm very convicted. <laughs> okay. So this is, we are all very broken. Um, and this is where the bumper car thing comes in. If you think of a bumper car ring, everybody's in this little bumper car, but in our sinful world, the ring is broken. People change the rules all the time. Your car is broken, the other people's cars are broken. You get people who are just going at you because they want to. Some people drive their bumper cars purposefully to hurt others. Others have broken cars, so they bump you, not on purpose, but that's sort of what happens. Some people throw things into your car. Sometimes your car is very broken, and you have to figure out what to do with this crazy world. That is sin. That is the effect that people have with us. If you are alive, if you have a life, if well, just alive, then relationships are part of life. And relationships, in my image here, is the bumper cars. When you deal with people, we are dealing with bumper cars. And the foundation to, I, that I really want to lay down is we are all contaminated with sin. <laughs> Why do I stress this so much? You'll see. Okay. So, the, 
the effect of sin is a break, breaking down of things. We are breaking down and our relationships are breaking down. And sometimes in church, because we have this incredible high standard that we hold for each other, we whip people because they fail. And we, not on purpose, but people get very hurt, misunderstandings, offenses, previous hurts, um, this whole thing, if you think about life and picking up hurts as we, grow, as we go on, I like to call them sensitive places in our souls. Because in our, in our makeup and in our life, certain places have been hurt. And now in a close relationship, like in your small group or with somebody praying for you, one of those buttons get pushed. It's painful. <laughs> so we all have these things that we bring to the table in these relationships. Um, and there are then there are oversensitive topics. Are there so many things that get into this place of where our relationships are broken? Um, and before I carry on, I just want to say the next one about Jesus came into this mess. Like Ntangi said, because we cannot do it. He has, God has a constitution of love in which he operates. But because of sin, that constitution of love, which is forgiveness, grace, mercy, kindness, it is not functioning every day. But he's asking us to do it. He's asking us, Jesus says, um, love your neighbors, love as much as I have loved you, which is an impossible thing for us to do. So we cannot, I, I, what, one thing I don't want you to hear, walking out here, is a condemnation feeling of I'm failing. One thing I want you to hear is we cannot do this without Jesus. That is why he came. The bumper car thing, we are all in it, whether you want to or not. The only difference that I sometimes tell people is I have Jesus in my bumper car, so we can work things out a bit differently, you know. Um, but the world is broken, and we can't do this without Jesus. We can't do this without looking for his law of love, the constitution that he works by, because he can't go outside of who he is. That's who he is. Jesus is love, and he's asking us to do that, but um, we can't do it without him. Um, so how do we do this? Uh, let me just change here. Okay. The first one I've got up there, when I was preparing this thing, I said to Philip, I don't think this is a very theological, deep conversation or sermon. He said to me, Anita, but that's not why you're talking. <laughs> you're talking because this is from my heart. This is what, this is, I'm not trying to give you guys a theological explanation. If there's specific things in what I say that you want to talk about, then let's have a conversation. Or I'll refer you to the Healing the Brokenhearted, or we can have, um, come visit me in the office and let's have conversations. But from what I'm going to share now is stuff that I've learned and picked up and also things from scripture that makes it a little bit easier to try and develop this heart for other people in the house um, and allowing them the space to fail and still be okay. Um, so the first thing I've got up there is to know that you cannot do it. There's a good book, if you guys want to read it, by Lou Giglio. I know not, but I know I am. Um, I can't do it, but he can, God can. Um, Jesus talks about a great exchange at the cross. He talks about us taking on a new identity. He talks about, um, about us coming to a place of understanding that I cannot do this without myself, but the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus comes, he gives us guidelines 
but there's something supernatural. There's a grace that he gives us to be able to grow in this. And we need to ask for that and, and be aware of it. There's a beautiful thing that's, um, I think I've got it up there, yeah. Um, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Um, I also said this morning, if people want to, you know, I, I'm not one of those counselors that just sit and say, mm, and ah. Um, if you come to me for counseling, you will definitely get, uh, we talk. Um, and I've learned this thing. My story is, is full of a lot of bumps and, and, and a lot of wobbles. There. And there's an incredible power that Jesus shows in your weakness. But the first thing is to know that you have that and that you need him to bring him into that. Um, because he makes us new. The next one I've got up there is to know yourself and to know that you do not know others. Sometimes we box people. I want, there's sort of two ways I want to touch on this one. The first, the second one is we box other people. Sometimes we decide very quickly, this is how you are, this is how you failed me. We box you, we sign you off, and we, then there you go, done. I've done my bit with you. Um, in our Facebook and Instagram world, we delete people we don't like anymore. Ne? We can't delete people in life. Relationships are not like that especially not the ones that are worthwhile, um, and not these relationships, not the ones that we are figuring this thing out together, the people in your small group, the people in church, or people that are walking this road are figuring this thing out with you. Don't just delete them because you've disagreed with them. Um, so the first part actually is to know yourself. Scripture talks about judging yourself soberly. We need to know what we are thinking, what we are feeling, where am I coming from, what is my story? Because if I'm in a situation with somebody where those sensitive buttons are being pushed, it's good to have a self-awareness of why you are feeling in specific ways. Because you can take those things to Christ. If it's something that needs healing, seek healing. Um, because they don't go away. Uh, lots of people that I counsel are older than 40, older than 50. Things of life did not disappear just because they grew in age. It doesn't go away. Seek healing, face it, but I'm going to get to that now. So know yourself, judge yourself soberly, and know that where you are at, you are, you are as broken as that person. For me, when I do counseling, um, it might sound very negative or pessimistic person or whatever, but I don't see it like that. Um, if I hear stories about what's happened to people, um, I am shocked, but I'm also not shocked, because I expect sin. I expect that people have been hurt by sin. People do things because of sin. Um, but that's also why we need Jesus, because he comes into this picture, and he brings healing, and he brings new direction. The other part of knowing yourself, I, I was talking about the sin part now, but also Growing in that place of knowing your identity in Christ. Because God has a, a way that he sees us. And there's a new way that we can clothe ourselves in saying, I want to be this new creation. And growing into that identity of Christ. Um, and there's a whole lot of scriptures I can give you about that one, but that's not the focus of tonight. Um, the third one I've got up there is not to run away. People run away from difficult emotional situations. Because if something is emotional and it's overwhelming, 
people tend to, if I overgeneralize, go into a place of fighting or flighting, flight, fight or flight. So there's various different ways of how people do that. Fighting is more visible because people will be, you, you can see they are fighting with the world. You can see there's a fight going on. Flighting or running away is a bit different. People can go into shopping. People can, you know, go into pornography. People can go into a lot of things that numbs the feeling because I don't want to face this feeling. Um, don't run away. Don't run away. Um, scapegoating, denial, or like I said, going into something that makes the feelings numb. Um, there's a beautiful scripture that I love to use. Matthew 5 says, Agree with your adversary quickly while you are in the way with him, that the opponent cannot deliver you to the judge, and the judge deliver you to the officer, and you'll be thrown into prison. There's a, this situation is getting worse. You see it. There was an argument. The argument got worse because it got worse, and then the guy ended up in prison. <laughs> Similar, emotionally, we can end up in prisons if we do not agree with our adversary. Now, in church context, um, I advise people to find people you trust and have a good conversation about these moments where you are adversaries of each other. Um, and keep it safe. In church, often we have a very bad culture of skinnering, you know, gossiping. I talk to my friend, and my friend talks to my friend, and my friend talks to my friend, and then before long, there's this story that has developed about something in church that was never actually brought to a place where it could be dissolved. People, I'm going to say this again, people tend to be scared of overwhelming feelings. Bring those things to a safe place to have a discussion, to have it resolved. A resolve can mean agree to disagree, but a resolve is a something where, you, where it's done. You can walk away from this without having the other spill-offs of skinnering and feeling grudges and getting anger, those kind of things. So agree with your adversary quickly. Face these things. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Um, often our truths in relationship situations, it's my truth. I get my world. I don't get your world. Like I said earlier, know yourself and know that you don't know the other one. We make a lot of assumptions. And in these communications where we are too scared to get to the big emotional topic, things just break because people rather run. They didn't want a small group or leave the church because something happened and they didn't want to interact, to actually fight for this relationship. Um, you can make a little note for that when you're married one day. Okay, <laughs> That's a little note for marriage, is to be purposeful to go there so that you can fight for relationships. And then there's one thing I really want to say here. In, in Healing the Brokenhearted, um, we talk about Moses lifting up the serpent. Now, the story, I'm just going to summarize quickly. The Israelites were disobedient again, and God wants to punish them and punishes them for being disobedient to him. And he sends in snakes, of all things, <laughs> snakes amongst the people, and they bite the people. And then um, Moses, and God says to Moses, you must put up a, a pole with a snake on top. And everybody who looks at that snake will be healed. A very weird, the very weird concept the first time I read it. But the principle here is there was something that hurt the people. And God is challenging them to look at the thing that hurt them for healing. 
we often don't go there because it's easier to run away than to look at the thing that is actually hurting me and to try and, and find healing. And the healing often starts there, not by running away, but facing the stuff. Okay, number four, find guidelines to grow to, but apply them within the law of love for yourself and for others. We read scriptures, and I don't know about you, but often if I read the New Testament the way they describe Christians, I'm like, ah, oh, that's not me. <laughs> I'm not always kind and patient and gentle. I, I miss the bus. Um, because we are full of sin. Okay. We read those things because we are being sanctified to be like Christ. But in the process... We have to have grace with ourselves and with others. Um, there's this thing going around, and you've probably seen it, a counseling video, where the lady walks into the counseling room and the guy sits there, and he says to her, I only charge, blah, 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 you tell me, in five minutes you'll be done. It's like, okay. And then she tells him his pro a problem, and it's this big problem. And he looks at her and he says, okay. Take a pen, take a paper, I'm going to give you advice. She takes it and then he looks at her and he shouts at her, stop it. And she's like, okay, do you have more problems? Yes, and she tells him more problems. And then he says, are you ready for it? Stop it. <laughs> and I want to say, I, I get a heart attack. Well, I really, I feel nauseous when I watch it. Because, but sometimes in church we do that. People come in and they struggle with things and we want to shout at them, stop it. We're not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to have a grace for people, to get next to them and say, yes, you are struggling with pornography. I know that's not the will of God. I'm, I'm going to be here. I'm going to help you. Let's get through this. You are struggling with an eating disorder. How long has this been going? Uh, your whole life. Okay, this is a biggie. I'm staying here for you. You have anger issues. Okay. You can see why that's harmful to you. Okay, good. But I'm here with you. Let's, let's carry on. Christ wants us to grow and to become more Christ-like. But in church, we shouldn't be whipping each other with these guidelines or judging each other or keeping them up as some kind of measurement, thinking certain people are better because they do certain things better or because they've been in church longer or whatever. Those things, we should purposefully, <laughs> purposefully break them down. This morning, I actually said to people that I think sometimes we get used to a certain thing um, and I think we should just be more real. You know, tell people what's going on with your life. Be real. Um, and not pretend to be these perfect people that when other people come in, they feel, oh, I must say, I can't be here because there's a standard here that I can't achieve. None of us can achieve that standard. We all need Christ. We all need to grow with him, with the Holy Spirit. And we need to have grace with others as they also fail and, and do it. Okay, the next one that I, I want to just add in there, mercy triumphs over judgment. It's easy to judge. It's easy to get angry. It's easy to run away. Mercy is something that changes people. I can tell you stories about difficult counseling situations, but I, but I don't go there in situations like this. But there's been situations where I sit with people for a very long time, and they are... I think in the word of the problem, they are failing. But I didn't disappear. I was there. And 
years down the line, things change. Um, sometimes we don't have enough patience to sit with people and to actually walk a road with them. Um, and then they leave feeling condemned. Okay, this one is another biggie. Number five is to forgive, release, and bless. Um, this one is, if people, I've seen a lot how people who do not forgive, they do not release, how it actually has a detriment on their health. Um, there's big power in forgiveness. It, restor it restores relationships, but it also sets you free. Um, and then there's, of course, a lot of questions, but how do you actually forgive? And the only sentence that, <laughs> that I sort of hang on to is Christ said that he forgave people. His words were, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. So Christ forgave the people who hung him on the cross with the assumption that if they had known better, they wouldn't have done it. He forgave them. We can't withhold forgiveness from anybody else when comparing it to that standard. And it's not something that I want to say because we should whip ourselves with it. It's something because often these, these little pearls that God gives us in Scripture are hard for us, but they bring freedom. Forgiveness brings freedom. It brings a lot of freedom. Um, okay, so what do we do when we're in troubled waters? When we're in these situations where, you know, we don't agree or whatever, acknowledge these things to yourself. I don't know your whole story. You don't know mine. That's fine. We don't need to know everything of everybody. We can't be everybody's best friend. Everybody can't be in everybody's intimate circle. Um, but sometimes these moments happen where people almost like have a moment of an offense or a hurt or a misunderstanding. Try and work through those things. Sometimes we don't talk to them. Sometimes you can't talk to the person that hurt you. But you do talk to God because you want to work through it. You want to release. And that's why I've got that sentence up there. Is it up there or is it? Is it not up there? Oh, it is. I'm not reading. Um, pray until you feel compassion. Um, and often if we pray and we have these things in playing through our mind, about the bumper cars and about life giving everybody a slap, and I don't understand that person's world. Those things often make us humble in our hearts to have more grace to forgive, to have more grace to be able to, to work through these situations. In my perfect ideal thing, I love it that people are different. I love that people bring different things to the table. We have different stories. We have different cultures. We have, we have so many differences. In my perfect little picture, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could all have a safe space of being different and enjoying each other in that space? Not feeling nervous that some kind of emotional thing is going to blow up because I'm scared of, of, of going there with you. Um, so in my perfect picture, <laughs> is what I'm thinking, um, that we can create that space so that when people do come into our family and when they do come to church, they don't feel, oh, I'm not welcome here because I'm not this and this and this. But they rather feel, yo, these people actually have grace. They have kindness. Wow, they forgive. They have space for me. And they want to walk alongside me. Um, 
And I say that in terms of other people, but I also want to say that in terms of your relationship with yourself. As Christians, we struggle with things, and we have for ourselves have these incredible standards that we want to achieve. And those things are good. Aspire to them with Christ. You know, we want to, I'm going to read something now that's one of those that could potentially be a, I don't get it. But don't look at it like that. Look at it with the grace that we are broken. We need Christ. We need the Holy Spirit. And that's okay. That makes sense. I'm, so this is the one I just want to finish off with. Colossians 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and with patience. Bear with each other. That is a big sentence. Bear with each other. It's very big. I'm going to pause. <laughs> Bear with each other and forgive one another. If you have any grievance against somebody, forgive them as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these things, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Be thankful and let the message of Christ dwell amongst you. And then it talks about praising God through that. Um, it's not impossible if we do it with Christ, if we do it humbly. And, um, yeah, and if we sometimes just stop trying to be something we're not. Work to wrap up <laughs> or study. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to end up for us in prayer. If you feel like you need to um, come forward, if something, anything I said feels you, I want somebody to pray with me, please come forward. If you have questions or anything, same. Um, but I'm going to end off in prayer, and then after that, you guys are welcome to stay and enjoy the worship or go out and have some coffee. Father, I just thank you for, I thank you for your grace, Lord. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for love, that you have this beautiful law of love that we don't understand, that is so far removed from the way we know the world. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, that, that you give this to us and that you can give this to us in this congregation, that we can walk with each other in a way of having space for each other to grow and space for each other to fail and to forgive and to help each other up again. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness and I thank you that we will also learn to embrace this goodness to ourselves and also to those around us and break a few of those boxes that we feel we need to fill up and build, Lord. Father, I just pray that you will bless every person here with that gift of, of mercy and grace to extend towards others. Father, I thank you for your goodness. We have no other words than thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 12 362-1363 Email us pretoria at shofaronline.org 
browse our website, www.shofaronline.org, or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.